Spiritual Dominoes. As Spiritual Dominoes is our uh, series of family gathers that we're, uh, we're leaning into, and if you've ever played the game of dominoes, you probably have done what you saw right in that video there, uh, where you stack up all the tiles, you stack up the dominoes, and you just sort of cause this chain reaction of movement to take place just by, by tapping it over, and uh, it's just it's something satisfying about seeing some of that kind of movement and momentum. Uh, and uh, by the way, you know, People get pretty serious about doing that whole stacking up the dominoes things. There's actually a Guinness Book World of Record, uh, 275,000 dominoes, like apparently is the world record, which prompts two questions. One is, where do you buy 275,000 dominoes? And two, who has the time to set them all up? Um, but, uh, but this series, Spiritual Dominoes, is the fact that, you know, we all like movement in our life. No one likes to get stuck in traffic. Uh, no one likes to be stuck in a plane on a, on a tarmac at an airport, especially if you've got connecting flights. Uh, no one likes a long line. Kids, kids don't like being stuck in a place where their parents keep on talking with their friends. Uh, we, we like this. being stuck or stagnation is not a high value for people. We, we like movement, and that impacts all the areas of our lives. We, we, we want to see momentum. We want to see growth or, or movement in our spiritual lives as well. And uh, so this series in our Family Gathers Month called Spiritual Dominoes is, is a result of the fact that um, church leaders have studied and noticed what, what causes uh, these bursts or these moments of momentum of spiritual growth in people's lives. Um, author and pastor Andy Stanley, uh, he calls them faith catalysts. These five faith catalysts, we're calling them uh, five spiritual dominoes that, you know, when there was just a little bit of movement, when this one domino falls, there's this chain reaction of momentum and movement that can happen in our lives. Just like you saw in the, in the video, Marin, who, who took part in that video, uh, just, just touched that, that first little domino and it just went all over the place, you know, across Salem, behind dogs, in front of cars, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, these, five, these five spiritual dominoes, um, that when you experience them in your life, um, they, they create that movement. In fact, in this series, my hope is, yes, my hope is that you'll be informed, but, but beyond that, my hope is that you'll be able to reflect back on your own life and see God being at work in your life, maybe in ways you didn't even expect. Uh, you, that would give birth to gratitude, as well as I hope it'll, it'll prompt you to, uh, to notice opportunities for this, this spiritual domino to give just a little touch, a little movement that could create a chain reaction of spiritual growth in your life. And, and the, the, these five spiritual dominoes that you're going to be hearing about are providential relationships. I'm going to be talking to you about that this weekend. You're going to hear about personal ministry, about pivotal circumstances, uh, about spiritual practices. You're going to hear about practical teaching. In fact, if you were here before the service started and you participated in the pre-service texting and you saw the responses to that question, what's caused spiritual growth in your life? What you saw overwhelmingly was, you know, uh, the death of a loved one or a car crash or friends that got put in my life. And uh, overwhelmingly, you've already shared from your own stories the kind of things that echo what we're talking about, spiritual dominoes. So uh, you, you've already begun to notice these things. We want to leverage these, these dominoes uh, in our lives 
and, uh, and, and, and help us to be able to, to encourage one another, to just allow God to get that one first domino to topple so that we can experience the kind of growth we long for in our lives. So I want to talk to you about providential relationships this morning, and it's family gathers, so that means I'm going to need the kids' help. So kids, would you come up here and join me up front, because i got a story I want to read to you, and if you're scared to come up here, that's okay. i got fruit snacks for you. That'll, that'll help you come, okay? You were here last night. You're back for more fruit snacks. All right, love it. Okay, have a seat, grab a fruit snack. And then adults, as uh, ushers are coming, they're actually, you get fruit snacks as well. This is our tradition and family gathers. No one goes home without a snack. Uh, everyone goes home with their trash from their snacks, uh, but, and everyone gets a snack. So you kind of catch the message there, right? So uh, help yourself, grab a, grab a snack out of the basket. And just you guys can spread out here. Just find a spot on the on the platform. I'll I'll move over here. Um, and yeah, keep coming, kids. Keep coming up here. All right. Yeah, keep coming down the balcony. There's there's plenty of room up here. I'm gonna move this, Jeff. And all right, kids. We're talking about friendships and relationships today. And I'm going to read you a story. And, um, and then at the end of the story, I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, so I'm looking for some brave kids to answer some of my questions. And, um, and then the pictures are going to be on the screen here behind me. So you, you won't be able to see the pictures because I'm reading the book. But the pictures will be on the screen. So if you want to see what I'm, 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 I'm reading about, you'll look up on the screen. Okay? See that up there? So here's, here's the title of the book. It's called Leonardo the Terrible Monster. All right, ready for this? Here we go. Leonardo the Terrible Monster. Leonardo was a terrible monster. He couldn't scare anyone. He didn't have 1,642 teeth like Tony. He's got, you see the one that needs to be brushed? Look up there, see that? He's got one tooth that needs to be brushed. Yeah, you saw it, didn't you? All right. He wasn't big like Eleanor. And he wasn't just plain weird like Hector. Okay, see Hector up there? Leonardo tried very hard to be scary, but he just wasn't. One day, Leonardo had an idea. He would find the most scaredy cat kid in the whole world and scare the tuna salad out of him. So Leonardo researched until he found the perfect candidate, Sam. Leonardo snuck up on the poor, unsuspecting boy. And the monster gave it all he had. Grr, roar, ha, blaggle, blaggle. Because that's what monsters say. All right? Until the little boy cried. Yes, cheered Leonardo. I did it. I finally scared the tuna salad out of someone. No, you didn't, snapped Sam. Oh, yeah, replied Leonardo. Then why are you crying? 
My mean brother stole my action figure right out of my hands while I was still playing with it, and then he broke it on purpose, and it was my favorite toy. And I tried to fix it, but I couldn't, and I got so mad I kicked the table, and I stubbed my toe on the same foot that I hurt last month when I accidentally slipped in the bathtub after I got some soap in my eyes trying to wash out the bird poop that my brother's cockatoo pooped on my head, and I don't have any friends, and my tummy hurts. That's why. Then Leonardo made a very big decision. Instead of being a terrible monster, he would become a wonderful friend. And you see the two of them being friends there. But that didn't mean that he couldn't try to scare his friend every now and then. He said, boo! And Sam kind of scared him too. The end. That's the end of Leonardo the Terrible Monster. Okay? Did you like that book? Good book? Yeah. All right. Of course, you've heard it twice now. Yeah. All right. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah, you know the question, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) How many friends do you think a person should have, Chase? Twelve. Twelve friends. Because Jesus had 12 friends, right? Yeah. Okay, somebody else. Someone had their hand up over here. Oh, how many, how many friends do you think someone should have? Eight. Eight friends. And why should someone have eight friends? Do you know? Just came to mind. All right. I'm going I'm to go over here and I'll come back over here. Okay. How many friends should we have? One good friend. One good friend. Great. How about you? Uh, I would say seven. Seven. All right. Well, that's Jesus' favorite number, so that's great. Ten. Ten. How about you? How many friends should someone have? One hundred. One hundred. All right. You're a busy man. All right. How many friends? Two hundred. Two hundred. Okay, we're climbing. Isaiah? As much as your dad. What's that? As as much as your dad. As much as your dad? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's good to be like your dad. Anyone over here want to give 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 us a number? Okay, well, well, here's another question. What does a good friend do? Okay? What's, think about it. I'm, I'm going to go back here for a second. Okay? What's a good friend do? He shares. Shares. Okay, great answer. Does someone have their hand up over here? It doesn't say weird stuff around your parents. doesn't say <laughs> weird stuff around your parents. That is a very true friend. You sound like you have some experience in this. Okay, all right. Chase? Strong mind, kind heart, and make wise choices. Wise choices, great. I'm going to go all the way over here. What's a good friend do? A good friend helps people if they're hurt. Oh, that's a great one. Helps people when they hurt. Be nice. They're nice. All right. Anyone else over here? Yes. Helpful. Helpful. All right, a couple more. Make sure you're hurt. If you're not hurt or not, if you fall down, they make sure if you're not hurt. Okay, so they check on you, make sure you're not hurt if you fall down. Okay, and how about you? Share. They share. Great job, you guys. Fantastic. You're great friends. Great friends. And I hope you got lots of them. Would you thank the kids for coming up and uh, sharing with us?
Thanks, guys. And parents, kids have a great way of finding their way up here in the platform. Sometimes it's a challenge to find their way back to you. So if you have to stand up to help them find their way, that would be great. And uh, we'll do some house cleaning here. All the fruit snacks are gone, but a couple wrappers. Hey, uh, like, like I said, we're, uh, we're talking about providential relationships uh, this weekend at Salem Alliance. That's one of the dominoes. That's one of the, um, uh, yeah, just go that way. It's, a, it's just so many rows. It's kind of hard to find which one you came from. Hey, providential relationships are those relationships that, that well, let me just define providence, because this is a word that um, we don't use a lot. From the dictionary, providence, it's divine guidance or care guiding human destiny. Or secondly, it's making provision for the future. It's foresight. A synonym uh, is, is heaven sent or fortunate or, or blessed. Uh, that, that's what the word providence means. And then when you take providence and add to a friendship or relationship, a providential relationship can be defined this way, uh, taking that meaning from the dictionary. It's a God-given relationship. It's, it's, it's heaven sent. Secondly, it's a relationship or friendship given by God to care for and guide us into the future. It's a relationship or friendship given by God to us that results in increased faith. These are God-given, heaven-sent friendships or relationships that we get to experience in life that, that, that show God's care for us or that, that, that God uses these people in our, in our lives to, to lead us to where he wants us to go. And so here, here's what I want to do right from the very beginning, because we, uh, we've had these experiences. I want you just to take 15 seconds and think of some names of people that were, uh, were, were providential relationships. These were friends that either you currently have or you have had. I mean, go back to, to school, go back to you know, college days. Think through the names of people that God has, has brought your way that you would say, this is a God-given relationship. This is someone who cared for me. This is someone who God used to guide me towards him. And because of this, this spiritual domino toppling in my life, my faith grew. And when faith grows, confidence in, in, in Christ grows. And when that happens, intimacy in Christ grows. So you just think about some names. And, and here's what I want you to do. If you're, and by the way, if, if you would not identify yourself as a Christian, but you're seeking God, uh, a way for you to answer this question is, well, who, name of a friend who's caused you to, to think about spiritual things. Or, or kids, I want you to participate in this too. Think of friends, names of friends who have encouraged you to trust God more. Now, take 30 seconds and share with each other. Just turn to the person next to you and just give them the name of the person who's been a providential uh, friend. or a, It's a providential relationship. Share the names with each other. If you've got a, little, a few moments here, share some details and do that right now. Go, go for it. Start talking to each other. Now give the other person a chance if they haven't had a chance to share yet. Give them a name of somebody. Thanks for engaging in, in this. And, uh, you know, as I've thought about providential relationships, and again, we have lots of acquaintances in life. 
We, we, we cross paths with a lot of people in life. But there are those few that God gives to us that these, these were providential relationships. And when I think about providential relationships in, in my life, I, I immediately I think of, of three guys. I think of Max. Um, that was his nickname, Eric Maxey. Uh, he, he was a, a missionary kid. His parents were missionaries in Irian Jaya, uh, reaching out to Stone Age tribes there. And, uh, and they were taking great risk. And their son, Eric, uh, who was a, a roommate of mine in boarding school, he, he, he had that courageous spirit with him too. And, and Max, he just rubbed off on me and he influenced me to take risks for God. And uh, we did that in a lot of different ways in high school. So I, I think about, about, about Max. And even today, Max is around the world. He's, he's serving in some pretty uh, closed countries where he has to be really, uh, really cautious but courageous at the same time. He's still doing it. Uh, another guy I think of is a guy named Gordon. When I graduated from high school... Uh, overseas, and I came back to the states on my own. Didn't have family, uh, didn't have you know long friendships already established. Uh, I went to college, and I, I met a, a guy named Gordon. Gordon was uh, assistant basketball coach at our college, and uh, when when kids were going back home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or summer breaks, I didn't have a place to go, and, and Gordon just took me under his wing and he included me in, in his in his family. I was like you know his younger brother. And and uh, I, I had a bed. I had a place to come home to after work. And uh, Gordon just opened his doors. And I watched him integrate his faith into family. We worked together at UPS as well. And I watched him integrate his faith into the workplace. And it, it, it was a great example for me. It was a model for me. And, uh, and so Gordon is a, is a significant friend of mine. And, and he's by the way, he's a vice president for a Christian college today, and we still get a chance to interact. And, and then I think of another guy named James. James is a doctor in Hood River, Oregon. Uh, Hood River is where Trina and I lived for a while. It's her hometown. And uh, James is an elder at our church, and, uh, and he, he, he created time and space in his life. He became available to me, and doctors are pretty busy people. Uh, but on, on Thursday afternoons, after I would get off work, uh, he, would, he would give an hour of his time to me, and uh, we'd pray together, we'd study the Bible together, um, and James and I would go on a mission trip together to Haiti. Uh, his family and our family uh, would be close friends, and uh, James and Jan are, are just, they're providential friendships or relationships that we have been blessed by as, as a family. And, uh, and you've got your names, I've got my names, and these are people. These are friendships that God has given to us, and if you could see them like a spiritual domino, that, that God brings a person into our life, and, and just that one little movement, like Marin touching the domino in the video you saw, this, this chain reaction of spiritual growth takes place in your life. And, uh, and each of those guys were used by God to care for me and, and to guide me, and you have your names as well. Now, like any principle, if you think about uh, these, these providential friendships and God caring and guiding us through these relationships, the flip side, if you turn those principles around, the, the, the opposite can happen. So we've got relationships or friendships that can cause our faith to grow or that can encourage us to, to lean into Christ. But you flip that on the other side, there are relationships also that we've experienced that can, uh, can undermine our faith, that knock the legs out from underneath our, our faith. In fact, I would venture to say that most of the regrets that we have in life, 
The things that you look back on and you wish you'd never, you'd wish you'd never return that text. You wish, you wish you'd never uh, picked up that phone and responded to that phone. You wish you'd never accepted that invitation uh, to, to that party. They're connected to relationships. Some, some of you perhaps are still battling with addictions that, uh, that, that began with a friend who invited you to participate in something. Relationships are powerful for great things like spiritual growth as well as things that undermine our faith. And I could ask you to just think about the names of people who have, who for whatever reason, whether knowingly or unknowingly, they caused you to stray from God. So relationships are very powerful in that way. On, on, the, on the positive side, it can be someone in, in, in your workplace who's modeling the Christ life or someone, in, a girlfriend or a boyfriend invites you to be part of a Bible study. Uh, it could be someone invites you to church. On the other side, it could, be, it could be someone who sort of leads you away from God. And the reason I'm sharing those two extremes is because I want you to understand this concept that there are no neutral relationships. There are no neutral relationships. You, you may try and, and think your way into believing that, 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 that there are neutral ones, but there aren't any. And if you've got a certain amount of relational chips, if you've got 10 relational chips that you can spend, what you need to make sure you understand is that you're putting a, a, a decent portion of those with people who, who can grow your faith, people who can be a positive example for you. Uh, my, my, I've got four kids, um, and um, I, I'm just so proud of my kids. And they're not perfect, and but I, I just, I've just been been blessed with some just some sharp kids, and um, they take after their mother. And um, and my my oldest son Chase, I think he was about 16 years old. Um, up to that point, he, you know, he had, he played a lot of sports. He had a lot of friends. Um, and they would, these guys would come over to our house quite a bit, and we loved having them in our house. Uh, but Trina and I noticed that the, these guys weren't coming around anymore, and some, some different guys were coming over. And so we began to ask, you know, hey, where's this, where's this kid? How's that kid doing? I haven't seen that kid in a while. And um, I, I asked this question to Chase one day. We were driving uh, to school, and he said, you know, you know Dad, I... I just, I, I know that you, you believe that I'm a leader, and, but the reality is, is that what I've noticed is that um, I've, I've, I've got some of these, these guys in my life, and I feel like if I, if I keep those friendships, that um, I, I may be influenced in ways I don't want to be influenced. And so what I've, what I've tried to do is just, I'm trying to create some new friendships that will, will help me um, grow in my faith. And I was listening to him, I was, I was thinking, man, I wish I had half that brain when I was 16. Because it was, it was really wise. And, and what, what Chase was trying to explain to me, what he was saying to me, which I knew, is the second concept I want you to understand, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Because you, you're, the relationships that, that are in your life, they, they can either build you up in the faith, or and on the flip side, they can... They can in, in ways that are subtle, maybe that ways that are not so subtle, can undermine your faith. So what we want to we be is a people who, who understand that providential relationships, these God-given relationships, understand that they're like spiritual dominoes, that once we have one of those, this, this chain reaction of spiritual growth can happen in our lives. 
And, um, and so we want to position ourselves for those things. We can't make these happen, all right? God gives them to us. So it's not like we go out and we, we pass out applications for providential relationships. You know, will you be my friend? Uh, you know, these, these, are, these are our relationships that are given by God. But we need to understand the power uh, of, of these friendships. And, and so uh, Proverbs 13, 20 uh, says this. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Or the, the Living Bible says, says this, uh, puts it this, this way. Be with wise men and become wise. Be with evil men and become evil. It's just this principle. Again, we know that God loves all people. But we need to understand that we want to make sure that if we want to grow in wisdom, if we want to grow in insight, if we want to grow in an understanding of who God is, then we need people in our lives who could be that positive, who could be that, that good godly example for us so that we could grow towards uh, Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it puts it pretty clearly. It says, bad company corrupts good character. Again, this doesn't mean building walls and keeping the world out there, having no contact with the world. Again, it's wisdom. Jesus loved being with those who didn't know the Father. And so we make room for that. That's an important part in our lives. But then again, we want to also care for our own hearts and be wise and make sure that we too have people in our lives that can point us and grow us towards Christ. And by the way, it isn't just people that can undermine or that can take the legs out or can atrophy our faith. It's circumstances. It's our world. Uh, I remember when I was working for Lord Jensen. Uh, I, was, I was running the, the manufacturing plant. I was an operations manager. And an employee of mine came, uh, pulled me aside, and, and said to me, Hey, Steve, you're not a Bible thumper, are you? And, um, I, you know, I, I, it, it's like this quick little moment because I saw in his hand he was holding a magazine. Now, we got kids in the room. Let me just say, it wasn't The Economist. It wasn't Better Homes and Garden, okay? He's holding a magazine in his hand. He's asking me the question, uh, are you a Bible thumper? And I'm, I'm at a crossroads. It's split-second stuff here, okay? Now, I'm not really comfortable with the label Bible thumper, but at that moment, I was great with it. And I, I said, you know, Ramon, I kind of am a Bible thumper. His face went white, and he took off out the door. Now, you know, I was the boss. He was the employee. It wasn't a great day for him. Uh, but, but you deal with this on a weekly, if not daily basis. I know this in my own experience in the workplace. You deal with this all the time. You deal with people who come up to you and say, I'll just fudge the numbers a little bit. It's not going to be a big deal. Ah, just spin the information. I mean, present the bright side of it. It's, you know, just kind of tuck that other stuff away. Or just, just tell a half-truth here. People don't need to know. Keep it a secret. You're not hurting anybody. It, it, we, you are faced with this on a weekly, if not daily basis. These forces of culture and even forces of friendship that would attempt to lead you away from Christ, which is why God knows that society isn't built, or is, right now is not, is not set up in a way where it's pushing us towards God. No, the exact opposite has happened. The currents are away from God, which is why he gives the gift of providential relationships. So knowing 
that we can't make it happen, we can raise the probability of a providential relationship happening in our lives. You, you can't make a providential relationship. They're heaven sent. They're God's idea. But you can increase the probability of one happening. So let me just give you a, a few handles here of how you can uh, help this domino to fall in your life. The first one's pretty, just pretty obvious. Avoid isolation. Um, you know, no one says... No one says, you know, in my, in my story, my Christ story, um, I discovered God on my own. I had this amazing spiritual growth living in isolation, disconnected from everyone. Um, no one says that. When you ask people, talk to me about the people that God, uh, talk to me about how you grew spiritually. They always mention names. You, again, you saw it in the pre-service texting. A grandfather, a parent, a friend. So if, if, if you're living an isolated life, the chances are pretty low that you'll discover one of these providential relationships. So avoid isolation, which uh, Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, if one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he is alone, he's in trouble. So uh, uh, try and, and remove yourself from those situations where you're, where you're alone, uh, I, isolated places. The second thing I would say to you after avoid isolation is put yourself in environments where this can happen. Friends, this is why we're fanatics about creating relational environments here at St. Alliance. Because we know when you discover in a community group, in a Bible study, in a small group, a providential relationship, the domino falls and a chain reaction of spiritual growth can take place. So put yourself in those environments where this can happen. And oftentimes, oftentimes I'll have a conversation with someone and they'll say, you know, I was hurting and the church wasn't there for me. I had this need and the church wasn't there for me. And I'll say, well, what, what, what community group are you a part of? What small group are you a part of? Oh, I live a busy, busy life. I can't be a part of that. Well, newsflash, if you're not surrounding yourself with community, when you need people, there's no one to turn to. Now, I don't say, I'm not saying people don't let us down. But place yourself in relational environments. And if one's not working for you, find another one. Or if you're saying, oh, I tried that, and you know, I, I tried a community group, I tried a small group, and, and it didn't work for me. Well, start your own. Start one you will like. Put, create, put yourself in environments where this can happen. Again, you're increasing the likelihood of a providential relationship from happening. Third thing I say is this, take a relational risk. And yes, I'm talking about leaving isolation and going to where relationships can happen. But on the flip side, if you are in a place where you got good relationships, keep your eyes open for people who are not being noticed. Make yourself available to people who are looking for providential relationships. And by the way, these, these friendships, these providential relationships that we're talking about, this domino we want to fall in our lives, they typically begin with an awkward conversation. Right? They, they, they don't, just, they don't you know, just start with like, oh, I've been looking for a providential relationship. Oh, me too. Let's be friends. And it's lifelong. That's not how it happens. It begins awkward. One of, one of my friends, I would say is a providential friend, is, uh, his name is Greg. I've told this, this story before, but uh, you know, Greg, Greg and I were coaching. We, our, our girls are playing soccer. We signed up for community ed soccer in, uh, in Kelso, Washington, that's where we were living at the time. And uh, Greg and I were there with our daughters, and the people said, hey, we need coaches, and there was nobody raising their hand, and I played soccer in high school, and I didn't know, but Greg played soccer, and so we raised our hands, and suddenly we're the coaches. So we thought, we should get to know each other. We're at a high school football game, 
And he asked me the dreaded question, Steve, what do you do for work? And I chuckled because that's always the conversation stopper. And I said it to Greg. I said, Greg, um, I hate answering that question because people don't want to talk to me anymore. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, what do you do? (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm a pastor. And he literally goes, oh, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I said, see, friendship's done. He said, oh, no, no, I, I deal with the same thing. I said, really, you're a pastor? No, no, no. So what do you do? He says, well, it's going to stop the conversation. I said, no, tell me, what do you do? I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> I thought, you know, I can see that would be, yeah. How was your day? I, I mean, what do you, what do you, I, I, I thought... It was the birth of a new friendship. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't know Christ at the time, and we, we became friends, and eventually, about six years later, he gave his life to Christ. In fact, this month, we're, we're hanging out together. We're going to spend the day together uh, fishing, and it's a providential relationship, and it started out so awkward. So many of them do. But as we avoid isolation, as we place ourselves in environments where relationships can happen, and we take that relational risk, Guess what happens is that God, in his wisdom, has put people there that are going to cross our path that are, that are forever friends simply because we took the risk. And when that happens, the domino topples. It doesn't take much movement, just a little bit of pressure, just one step into a group. Just one phone call, just a little pressure and a chain reaction of spiritual growth you never even imagined possible takes place. It's a spiritual domino. And my prayer for us is that we'd have many of those relationships, those friendships in our lives. Let's pray together. So Lord, this morning as we begin this new series and we talk about friendships, I, my heart today is for those in the room who as they've thought about names just drew a blank. Even currently, just drawing a blank on names of people that are your care, your guidance for them. So I pray that you would just unleash your kindness. Jeff already prayed for us, Lord, that you, just prayed Ephesians 1, that you lavish grace upon us. You pour out, you shower us with your favor. Lord, would you shower, would you pour out, would you lavish upon your church, your, your children, providential relationships, create friendships that would grow our confidence in you, grow our faith in you. So give us courage. Give us the blessing of a friend. It's your name we pray. Amen.